Welcome to Shift by Alberta Innovates. I'm Katie Burnett. And I'm John Hagan. On today's episode, we're talking to David Almond, Executive Director of Information Technology at Alberta Innovates. We're talking about how information technology should function as a business partner to enable improved and more competitive business practices across the innovation ecosystem. So push up your glasses and adjust your pocket protector. We're geeking out in IT today. Welcome to Shift. Welcome. Thank you for being here with us today. Oh, well, thank you. My pleasure. So you are the head of our IT department. Correct. Yes. What What is it like to manage an IT department? What does that in, that seems so uh, complex? It is because you're you're combining or you're mixing together many different requirements. First off, you're dealing with your team and you're trying to motivate them and keep them I guess, given given the right motivation to keep going, but at the same time, you're dealing with every part of the organization and everyone has conflicting needs and sometimes there's there's disputes over where the priorities lie. So you're not only dealing with the team, but you're dealing with the, the groups inside the organization. And at the same time, you've got to be looking out the landscape of what's going on out there, understanding the world as it's as it's hitting you, the new technologies, and learn the community and what's out there. So it is a, there is a, it is a complex uh, job. So it's more than just uh, repairing frayed cords and uh, replacing monitors. It should be. It should be. Sometimes it's not, but I think for IT to be successful, you've got to be a business partner. You've got to be bringing solutions to your business rather than waiting for them to tell you what they want. I think that is a mistake that some IT organizations have made is they've trapped themselves into being a receiver of orders rather than being a partner in solving problems and advancing the organization. I like how you put that. So let's take a little bit of a step backwards here. What is your background, David? Where did you come from? Um, what are you interested in? I'm a native Edmontonian. <laughs> I was born here, raised here. I had my first job. My first career was with Imperial Oil. I spent 11 years there. I joined a consulting company because I thought I would have some stability in Stan Edmonton. And within nine months, they've moved me to Los Angeles. And I spent the last 32 years working in the United States for some of the large companies you've heard, American Express and Honeywell. I've worked for Microsoft. I even had a brief stint with Facebook. I've worked for... Those are some big names. Big names. And also State of Oregon. I did a lot of work with the State of Oregon, State of California, Arizona. So a, a mix of experiences. Yeah, you definitely come with some clout, that's for sure. Um, I really like what you said about um, IT being more than just fixing freight cords and uh, being a business partner. What does that look like to you? Well, it means, first off, understanding the business and building relationships. And I think a big part of success in IT has to be relationships at all levels. Relationships with your staff, with the people that are in your group, relationships with your peers in the organization, and relationships outside. Because if you if you don't look outside continuously, you tend to stagnate. I mean, if, if, you, if you aren't seeing what's out there and listening to other people, finding out how they've solved them, you have a limited capacity to innovate. And in our, especially in our organization, given our name, innovation is, is got to be part of what we do. And if you aren't constantly feeding 
that knowledge or looking at it, it's really difficult to be innovative. So what are some examples uh, currently underway to stay innovative on the, uh, on the cutting edge, so to speak, in IT? Sure. I think one of the things that we're looking at right now is can we integrate artificial intelligence into some of our processes? And I think that's one that we're starting to explore right now. So rather than just invest in artificial intelligence, can we consume it? Another one that we're looking at is not so much necessarily innovative technology, but because we're an innovation organization, business models can be innovative. And we're working with a company called Technology North, who has a very innovative business model where he's employing uh, people with autism to produce a valuable service. And we're investing in that to see if it can provide a need for us. So I think there's a couple of examples of how we can be innovative, not only on technology, but on the business model. Right. So what would, speaking of Technology North, what would be the IT aspect uh, there? How are you particularly working with them? We have a responsibility for digital transformation. I think we've been asked to lead the charge to digitize and to transform, help transform the agency through digitization. So a necessary part of that is going to be taking these hundreds of boxes that we have around our agency and converting them to a digital image. And I think a big part of that is what organizations can we use to, to help us with that. And then as we explore their capacity, are there some other things that they can do which can offload some of the more mundane tasks that our people would have to do? Can they do it for us? They may be able to do it even better than we can do it. So you mentioned artificial intelligence. Are you working with Amy at all? What does Amy stand for again? The Alberta Machine, Alberta Machine Intelligence... intelligence. Good. I, I wasn't Something. quite sure the full title <laughs> myself, but yes, we actually have a meeting this week with them to start engaging them into our conversation to see where that goes. I love that. I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you guys are not only working internally to help um, our employees, but you're also looking beyond um, our four walls and uh, into the Alberta space. So let's take it to Alberta. What, um, what cool things are happening technology-wise that uh, you have your finger on here in Alberta? Well, I think the big one, of course, is the artificial intelligence, just getting involved there. I think another area that we're looking at is we have a group that is doing the, uh, a lot of data work. If you look at Mark Diener and his ADI group. Right, the Alberta some, Data Institute. Alberta Data right. Institute. They have some tremendous ideas on how they can bring data together and make it a marketable tool or at least a, a tool that the private sector can use to better serve Albertans. I think that's going to be a tremendous merge of not only data science technology, but, but database technology and how they deliver that. So we're just starting to get involved in that. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us. It is indeed. And we had a great conversation with Mark last, uh, last podcast about that and the, uh, the role that artificial intelligence plays with, with data. So that's really cool to hear and see, you know, that you guys are all working together. So we've touched uh, on digitization. We've talked a little bit about artificial intelligence. What are some other uh, hot topics? I, let me put words in your mouth here, but uh, cybersecurity is, is obviously a hot topic that uh, organizations and people, individuals, are concerned about. I think that never leaves. Yeah. I've been involved in technology for over 40 years, and I don't think we've ever seen a period where cybersecurity goes lower down on the priority list. It's something that we're going to always deal with because people are always going to try to break into your systems. Uh, they're going to find ways of, of gaming the system, so cybersecurity is going to be ongoing. And the, the hackers 
are always getting smarter. They're finding newer and newer and more subtle techniques. I've been spending a lot of time meeting with outside organizations and hearing about some of the latest on cybersecurity, and it's uh, something that will never leave us. We're going to be we're going to be dealing with that for a long time. They're used, starting to use artificial intelligence to hack into systems. So it's not just the casual hacker sitting around trying to break in now. We're dealing with smart systems trying to break into your system. So we need to be defending it on that basis. Wow, that level of sophistication is, uh, is, is frightening, mind-boggling, but also you know, knowing that there's people on the other side, the white hats, is that... Uh, the good is that, guys. Is that what the good guys are called? The, the white guys. hat hackers, you know, working to try to maintain the, uh, the you know, yeah. those systems. That's, that's good to know. So what, what are we doing? In terms of, uh, or no, I guess that's giving away trade secrets. We can't really get into that, can we? I can we? talk generally. Yeah, One sure. One of the positions I'm creating in my team is, is an enterprise architect and slash cybersecurity. We don't have the size of operation to warrant a full-time security person, but I wanted to focus those energies in one area. And we will have someone whose focus will be putting together a cybersecurity program. And it won't just be the technology. It won't just be the tools that run on our, on our devices, but it's going to be the behavioral technologies. Most of our hacks still come from people accidentally hitting a phishing email or something similar. It's the behaviors that we have to really constantly reinforce. Just like with the virus now, we're talking about washing our hands. We've always had a need to wash our hands. Right. We need that kind of hygiene and cybersecurity. Okay. That, you know, and going back briefly to our original question about, you know, your background and, and the challenges inherent in running, you know, an IT department, you said phishing. And, and I know when you've got a staff of 500 plus, I'm not sure exactly what we're at, but man, that's got to be just a, a, a real headache's probably not the right word, or maybe it is. But, to, you know, how do you keep people from being enticed by those appetizing-looking emails? It's very difficult because the, the hackers are getting smarter and smarter and more subtle. I had a conversation with someone very recently who's an IT professional, and he said he finally caught himself at the last moment from clicking on a file because the email he received came from somebody or ostensibly came from someone that he knows within his organization. It was so cleverly disguised, it took him a few moments. So here's a professional IT person that almost got fooled. How does that deal with the average person who only comes across us once in a while? So right. that's why we need to be very aggressive in, in reminding people about good hygiene and how to recognize because the, the bad guys are getting smarter and more subtle in how they fool us. Right. Now, is there a service, I, and, and I know uh, the IT department is, is we, we've discussed, uh, you know, it's got the internal focus. We are working with some outside partners somewhat. We're uh, always staying on the cutting edge of the technology. What about the businesses uh, that we support and work with? Have, and, and they've got cybersecurity concerns as well or other IT concerns. Is there a way that they can, um, you know, apprise themselves of without going to Google and right. trying I to figure it out. Being aware of it is a big part. I had another conversation with somebody from outside who deals with a lot of the organizations in Alberta and we were talking about cybersecurity and what unnerved me a little bit was this person said, you'd be surprised how many how many organizations don't take cybersecurity that seriously. And they'll put some very basic steps in place, but it's not a big concern. 
And with, with the world today, that's high risk because there are so many, so many groups who are really targeting any organization. Right. So that is a, a, troubling, a, a troubling statement, and I think we have to be more and more diligent. Every organization has to make sure they're, they're looking at cybersecurity. Right. Okay. Now, uh, again, we've talked about a lot of different things, digitization, et cetera, and so forth. Tell me a little bit about quantum computing and the role that we may play. You know, that's in interesting that. because what I understand of quantum computing, one of its big advantages is to be able to crunch big volumes of data. And in our organization, we don't have that kind of volume that we would be justified in exploring it as a consumer. But because, of, again, we're Alberta Innovates and we're investing and incubating, I think we have a responsibility to understand it. That could be a huge opportunity for us is to be at the forefront of, of cyber, or pardon me, of, of uh, quantum computing. Understand it, invest in it, and build that, that base of knowledge in the province. Do you think that capability exists currently in Alberta? Our education institutions are there. I think they've got the knowledge we can do it. It's something that we just have to invest in. It's a lot of money, and when you when you look, it may be, we may be at a point where some of the big organizations have already done that. I'm hearing that there are some firms now that are talking about um, their their work. Well, Honeywell just announced they're digging into quantum computing and are making some announcements coming up. So there's there's going to be a, a challenge in, in getting there. But it's probably worth looking at. It could. It's one of those technologies that will have huge implications. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm. We we focused a bit of time talking about cybersecurity. So let's let's take cybersecurity and compartmentalize that. And put it over to the side. But if I was to ask you one question, if there's one takeaway that you want people and enterprises, businesses to take away from this conversation, what would it be in your mind? Technology can play a real key role in transforming your business. And I think there's a couple of forces I see in our economy in Alberta. One is we have to be very competitive. And I think one of the questions in my mind is, are we as productive as other parts of the world? And if we're not, how do we get there? And one of the, I think one of the economic conditions that we may have be facing is that we've had such, um, uh, we've had such a, a bubble of income from the oil business that I don't know that organizations have really had been tested to become as efficient as possible. So I think the issue I see is can you take IT and use that as part of your program to improve your efficiency and become competitive on the world stage? What does that look like to you? Like what's the ideal? First off, really understanding what technology is out there and how to use it and not being afraid of using it. And then the second part is where there are obstacles, how do you break them down? There's obstacles in policies, there's obstacles in use, there's obstacles in behavior of individuals. So how can you start breaking down those obstacles and really employing technology? And I'll, just a minor example is the use of paper. And if you look at organizations that are well ahead on the curve of, of transformational change, you don't see much paper at all. I spent years at Microsoft and rarely had to touch a piece of paper. And we're That's my dream. Up. It is. <laughs> it is. But, you know, I look around and we're surrounded by boxes of paper. So there is an example of the technologies there. It's what are the obstacles to really using it to become the most efficient organization that we can. And is that more of a, like, systemic, traditional type of approach to using paper? It is. It's a comfort. 
habits. You know, it's habits. It's mm-hmm. habits. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us have trouble changing some of those habits. And there's times it's, I find it easier to print it and make my notes on a piece of paper. I, you know, we all have that. But at the same time, we can learn to get away from that. And we can learn to to transform our processes and not even rely on a, on a piece of paper. And, and so one of the terms that I remember hearing from Gladwell recently was, can you build friction into your processes? And so what I'm looking at is, can I build friction into people using paper? Which means making paper more difficult than not using paper. So and that's why my printer never works. That, this is like I, this I is what you're you doing, David. On, I didn't want to tell you that here, but yes. <laughs> but it, but I think that's a good principle. If you you know if you look at how say Netflix operates, it makes things frictionless. When you're binge watching, you don't even have to do a thing. I love One that. One episode ends and the other kicks off, yeah. and it's called frictionless. Right? It's easy. Well. Can we do the opposite? Instead of making paper so easy, let's make it difficult. I recall one organization that I was associated with took away over 50% of their printers, and they made people walk to the printer. And boy, did that cut down use. So there's simple things like that that you can do to create friction to make to, to change people's incentives. Yeah, that behavioral type right. of change. Um, beyond our institutions our our universities in Alberta and what uh, what else do we have in Alberta what is our competitive advantage in this industry wow you know i've i keep thinking that our healthcare system is a huge competitive advantage and i don't seem to be able to convince people of that i think it's a convince great convince me this is interesting well in the us having worked there for so long people stay stuck in companies because they don't want to lose their health coverage they can't they can't afford to lose it because they they are, will go on COBRA, which is a very expensive option if they leave, if they get laid off or quit. But you find that your workforce isn't as mobile. Now, there are some, there's a population group that aren't as concerned about that, especially people in their 20s and 30s. But there's still a lot of people who are. Well, here, we don't have that problem. You're mobile. You, you can move from company to company. You don't have to worry about the health care. And I don't I, I guess I'm still surprised that we don't see that as a competitive advantage, giving people mobility so that they can they can move seamlessly from company to company, and create a base of people of te- especially technology experts who can have startups and still get the health coverage they need. So we we geography is no longer a big issue with the internet. So what can we offer? Well, we have health care, and I think it's a it's a big advantage. Plus the natural beauty of the province. But also one thing I don't think we really appreciate in Alberta is we have water. Canada has what percentage of the world's clean water? I don't think we know how to use that as our as an advantage yet, and not just in technology, but just as an economy. When you look at other countries and what they're struggling with water, we don't have that issue. How do we how do we use that as a resource that we can we can use to, I don't want to say to our advantage, because that makes it sound like we're disadvantaging others, right. but it can be a competitive advantage. This is all just so incredibly fascinating that you guys are not just plugging my computer in, you're working with external partners. You're I read Google while I plug your computer in. <laughs> Great. Um, um, but I love that you guys are working uh, externally as well as internally. I love that you have a finger on the pulse of Alberta technology. David, it's been a total pleasure having you here today. This has been a really great conversation. Um, is there anything that you would like to leave us with? I'm really happy to be home again. <laughs> I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I bet you miss Starbucks in Seattle, though. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> they were everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. Shift is brought to you by Alberta Innovates. We can be found online at www.shift.albertainnovates or shoot us an email anytime at shift at albertainnovates.ca. On behalf of everyone here, I'm John Hagen. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>